Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. You can listen early and ad-free if you subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto and join the 103 other super ranters who subscribed at patreon.com slash sunranto. There are perks at every level. Please join today and become a super ranter and support Cubs podcasting. Here's the show. What's up, Pinkus? What's up, Corey? Here comes Michael Catton. Uh, I don't know if Crawley is going to be along. He has numerous uh, Ecuadorian family members in town right now. Come on, in, <laughs> Oh, damn it. Yeah, you don't have you in my ears. Sometimes I can't yeah. uh, connect on my headphones. Yeah, it's it, uh, this app is, is weird. How does anyone else wrong, find this show? I don't know because even when I go to actually post about it, it doesn't even give a link to the show itself. It just gives a link to Green Room, and mm-hmm. then they have to find. So I've got to tell people to follow me, and then it, you know it is it's so wonky. I mean, I, I write out Sun Ranto Show. You're not, you know, it's just not there. Uh, it says right in the top of our thing, MLB. I look at MLB. You're not there. You know, it's like, and and I'm not saying you're not there. It, it, the the show is just not showing up. Uh, you know, I blame the app. I'm not blaming you. I blame you. Yeah. Well, I I blame um, Green Room and Spotify for really not putting any effort into this application at all. And, and, I mean, it, it literally worked better when it was, uh, what was it before? Uh, locker room. Locker room, locker room. Locker room. Locker. Yeah, it was, it's green. Let me just tell the, the green, let me just tell the green room overlords. This is Danny Rocket speaking, not I. Oh, you're breaking I think up. you're wonderful. On. Keep the checks coming. Keep the checks coming, green room. I love you. Yeah. Sir. Danny, I think I think you're the one breaking up a, a little bit. I am breaking up. Yeah, it's uh, and nothing's working for me. And I restarted my phone and everything. No, uh, yeah, Green Room, you're incredible. Spotify, you're amazing. Thanks for playing, uh, paying Bleacher Bum Band ten cents uh, over, <laughs> over the entire uh, year of people streaming our album. I really appreciate that, <laughs> Spotify. Um, yeah, how's it going? I, I didn't know if you were going to be coming through, Crawley, because. Uh, uh, you know, you got lots of. Echo. I saw the pictures. You're downtown Chicago. You're at the Bean. You're doing all sorts of Christmas stuff with your Ecuadorian Ecuadorian family. We uh, we should have known though, because Ecuadorians probably don't want to be out in that cold. Uh, they actually they like it for now. They got like three days of cold in them, and then they're done. 
So, uh, it, like after the third day, they're kind of tired, but so far so good. They like the snow. They never get to see it. We did ice skating right by the beans. So that was good, man. So we kind of just jumping around here. They're everywhere. I got some Lou Malinati's coming soon. So we're going to let them sample some, uh, Chicago's finer cuisine. Oh, nice. Dude, Lou's is great. You know, I about uh, Ecuador today. I mean, obviously, in the cities, the main language is Spanish that's spoken there. But um, I'm like, take I'm listening to this language course, uh, one, of, one of the great courses. And uh, there's, you know, there's uh, Quechua, which is also spoken, which is more of like uh, a native language. It's, in, it's, it's the uh, language of the Incas. Yeah, it's, Quechua, yeah, so it's, it's a derivative of it. Right. And so, and so, it's more spoken, you know, in the in the the, the, uh, the back country. But there are some people that uh, I guess they speak uh, Quechua with the grammar, but put Spanish words in the Quechuan grammar. So there's like this hybrid language that exists among some well, it, people. That- it, it, it's, it's very similar to anything like, obviously, like, you know, if you go to certain places, they use like, you know, like Wisconsin uses the term bubbler for water fountain or something like that. There's, it's like that. So there's certain words that you would only use in Ecuador that have been incorporated or from Quechua that's not used in the other rest of the Spanish world. Yeah, is Spanish it? I, I know one is like maybe uh, the word for peanut. Like I always heard, uh, I learned mani for peanut, but a lot of people say cacahuate, which cacahuate, that sounds, yep. yeah, that sounds very, uh, you know, kind of indio there. So yeah, that, and uh, like another one is like they'll say wawa for baby, and like nobody else says that. Mm. So there's there's a lot of different little words that that kind of just make make their way in there that are only indigenous to Ecuador. That's <laughs> that's interesting. What do you think yeah. of those Texas gas stations then? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I have a, a cousin. I have a uncle. He's actually getting better. I don't know if anybody's been following on Twitter. I had an uncle who uh, ended up in the ER basically with COVID. And uh, my, I have an idiot cousin. Like we have a cousin's thread and we're all talking to each other. But I have an idiot cousin that just uh, he's like a total like Trumpster guy lives down in Texas. He uses that cousin's thread. We're all like saying stuff about um you know, my uncle and wishing him well, wishing my cousins well. And he's like, come down to Texas. Look, our gas is only $2. And I'm like, dude, what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Speaking of Texas gas stations, I have an idiot cousin. Um, yeah, that's, that sucks. Uh, I didn't know your, your uncle was sick. Yeah, he is. But uh, And he, he's a huge baseball fan. Like He used to be a catcher. He caught as long as he could, like, on a men's league. He plays guitar. He plays drums. Like, he was always a, a cool guy, and then, but he like freaking got brainwashed by Fox News recently and wouldn't get vaccinated. So now he's in the hospital for ten days now. So ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, I just got a negative test today, so that was good. Yeah, that's very good. Everybody's because. got it right now. Bleacher Jeff's got it right now. He just caught a mild case. My sister has it. Her husband has it. Uh, Dude, you know. so many people have it, and Emily and I got invited to this like small get together tomorrow for new year's. And we were like, well, you know, we've been going back and forth, whether to go all this stuff. And then finally we're like, well, okay, we're going to go, but let's at least get tested ourselves so that if anybody gets sick, we know it's not us. (laughs) We are getting all tested tomorrow because my relatives are have needed to go back on the plane. 
And so that's tomorrow we're doing that. And then we're going to... Oh, uh, that, that's a nice, like, family Christmas yeah, tradition. You guys should keep that up. We will every year, you know. And then <laughs> you, if you're naughty, you're you COVID. Um, <laughs> Our little nephew, who's three and a half, has to get tested to go back to school. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's, there's no possible way for him to get vaccinated. So we, we're doing that, and then we're going to see um, a maze in Rosemont. They have lights and everything like that, and then there's like a heated tent that you can kind of like pop in and out of. So it, most of the stuff we've been doing is like outdoor shit, you know what I mean? We, we did go to the Art Institute today. That was the only thing. And then like it wasn't that crowded, but like obviously the Impressionist area where the van goes and stuff, where we're, I was a little, uh, a little uh, not 100% co- confident in that one, but hopefully everything's all right. Right. Well, yeah, you. I mean, you picked it up. A month or two ago? I had it in September. September. So it God, sucked the because, time's Yeah, the sucked because I ended up being, like, one of the first, like, non-hospital workers vaccinated. I think I got my vaccination, like, early February. So I was really, like, early, early, early. And then, like, right after I had COVID, then they're like, you should get boosted. And I'm like, thanks. That would have been great to know a week ago, you know? Yeah. Danny, Danny was patient zero. Back in in 2019, he got the actual COVID 19 in COVID in, in 2019. Yeah, they didn't even know what it was yet. That, <laughs> shit was, that shit was just mutating inside my body and ready to be unleashed on China and then the rest of the world. They they took your mucus and sent it to China, trying to uh, they they were trying to start a chemical warfare. They, they and sent instead, it, it started they, a pandemic. They, they sent it to the Wuhan Wuhan lab to be examined, and they got out. Yep, that was the, it, it should be called Rocket 19. Yeah, I, dude, I, I would love it if a, if a deadly disease was named after me. I mean, that's something to be proud of, you know, especially with the way I feel about people. So, really, <laughs> just works out great. Um, so, you want to talk about the Cubs? I mean, it's so weird. I was like, I, I keep rock walking by Wrigley Field and I'm like, is there a Cubs team? Like, do they exist? And I started thinking about 2021. And I'm like, I don't remember anything except for that all the players got traded. <laughs> right, Blue Friday is like the it, – that's when the that, – it's just overshadowed everything so much. It was a lot of ups and downs, and, you know, it really mostly was, mostly was downs, and that's what, what – I was going to say, was. it was a lot less ups. <laughs> a lot less ups, and so you started out the new year. I don't remember the exact timeline. I didn't have a chance to look it up, but you just had all these, like, people leaving. You had Theo resigning. You had Len going to the south side. You had all this stuff prior to the 2021 season. Well, Darvish being traded. And that was that moment right there is the one we talked about. And again, in, in, in retrospect, it may be a great move, but what it did was signal that the Cubs had no intention of winning this season, that every season's sacred thing was just a bunch of malarkey because they had no intention of winning when you're trading away your ace. And again, it may turn out to be a brilliant move. It may be like the opposite of Brock for Broglio, where Darvish, he, you know, he was uh, on the shelf a lot last year. I mean, you traded him high. You got four players. A co- three, two or three of them are already making a lot of noise in the minors. But again, all it did was, again, if you're just talking short term, it signified that they were done and that this, the team as we knew it were done. We talked about it before the season began. They had to get off to a hot start. They had to, uh, you know, if they, if they were going to keep these players past the trade deadline, because we knew, because we wanted them to make it tough. We talked about the possibility of a white flag trade, even if they were only three or four games out of first place, make it real uncomfortable for Jed and Tom to have to 
dismantle the team by winning, but they just they had a really bad month of April. Remember, they couldn't hit worth shit. Nobody. Could yeah, they were. They were they were actually better in April than I remember uh, because I think they kind of had a little bit going on uh, at the start and then a little bit at the end. But it was eleven and fifteen wins and losses in April. I've got the, the baseball reference page right. Up, so. The pitching the pitching actually kept them going. If you remember, you 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 had Hendricks. You who had uh, you got off to a decent start. You had. Um, Zach Davies never really got off to it, but Jake Arietta wasn't bad for the first few few weeks of the season. Uh, you, you know, remember we played Pix- Pittsburgh a bunch in the beginning, and uh, it was just. Uh, but we didn't even beat them though. Right, but <laughs> we beat them some games, but nobody could hit. If you remember, nobody they set records for futility for an organization as far as yep. offense, and you had uh, Ian Happ was just absolutely horrid for the first four months of the season. I mean, you had uh, you had a lot of guys that were just really, really bad. Well, they and then you know they you talk about the eleven and fifteen. I mean, they they lost. Uh, they, had, they had to face Atlanta, who was pretty good. They lost a bunch to them, but they did manage to sweep the Mets. And they also we, we were there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they they swept the Mets, and then shortly after in May. They actually swept the Dodgers, and that was a, a pretty good. Team. They ended up no hitting them, you know, quite a bit uh, after that in the, in June. But in early May, like I, I mean, they were right there. Um, you know, well, they in, were in place the day they got in the May. Yeah. In May, they went nineteen and eight for that month. They, that's, they went, that's a great month. They went on an unbelievable. Tear. Everything was clicking. That bullpen looked unstoppable where you had that combination of uh, Tapera to Chafin to uh, Kimbrell. You know oh, the, the, it, was, it was the sticky stuff bullpen oh, yeah. because they were great when the sticky stuff was legal. Um, I don't know. You, did, do you guys, remember that? Like, this is the season. Were, they, right. they, they quit letting them use sticky stuff, and they started to check their hats and their pants and all sorts of shit when they came off the mound. Yeah, there was, yeah some players were affected by it, like a Rex Brothers, for example, was affected by that. Rex Brothers looked great, and you hoped that they could trade him before he came down to earth, which he did once that sticky stuff was removed. But Tapera continued to do really well for the White Sox. Uh, uh, Chafin did well for the A's. Kimbrell... Um, obviously, they screwed him up by not putting him in the closers role, and there are people that just, for whatever reason, can't handle that. But that bullpen was lights out in May, and everything was looking really good. And then, uh, and then things went really, really south, right? Oh man! Yeah. Well, they were in first place as of uh, like June twenty fourth. That was their last day. And then that's the the no hitter. That twenty yeah, fourth is the no hitter, and then the next day they lost, and they dropped to second place, and they never looked back. Yep, um, they had they had twenty four days in first place, and their last uh, game in first place was Thursday, June twenty fourth, and they ended the season twenty four games back. So I'm thinking twenty four is not a good number for this team. Well, you know, a lot of people uh, bring up that that right there, but what bothered me more than anything was not that. It was uh, a couple of days later that there was it was a I think it was a weekend series, right? 
and yeah. they got the no hitter. And then what happened then on Saturday? What game? What day was the no hitter on Thursday or Friday? Thursday, and then yeah, the game you're talking about is the Hayward, right? That's Saturday, yeah. Right, that was a Saturday game, and it was total bullshit. And the Cubs took what looked like the lead in the seventh inning. Hayward hits what looked like a home run, and I have still the Dodgers challenged it, and it was ruled a foul ball. Well, even and I, and I still don't know how. Like all you have to do is look at the the fans and how they react, and you know whether it's foul or fair. Like. Well, it's actually worse than the Dodgers challenging it. They didn't actually challenge the the call officially. The Dodgers didn't have to because the third base umpire, who had a great view of it, I watched the play again today. Oh, yeah, he was overruled by the home plate umpire. Overruled by the home plate umpire, guys who I guess saw it differently, even though I forgot about that. 90 to 100 feet further away. And uh, he overrules it. And then, and you could clearly see the ball disappear, which would say home run, you know, to me. But then, yeah, around the pole. Around the pole. So, but here's the thing: is the Dodgers going to come out and argue? The home plate umpire overturns it, calls it foul, and then Ross had to actually call for the it to be reviewed. And then they didn't have the irrefutable evidence, even though to me it looked pretty damn irrefutable that the ball was behind the pole. So I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I'm like, you know, is this what we the kind of stuff we're going to get with organized gambling? So all like, of a sudden, the Cubs go from having the lead to Hayward's home run is overruled. Now he hits a single, double play, that's over, and then what ends up happening is uh, Cody Bellinger walks it off. And to me, that was the beginning of the end, not the no-hitter. That was the beginning of the end. Well, I mean, obviously a no-hitter isn't going <laughs> to turn your season bad. I mean, I can't believe how many people truly believe that, though. Well, it just, well you know, Crowley, nothing kills a rally like a three-run homer. Right? Yep. That's true. <laughs> I, um, I, so I'm, I just that to me was just absolutely stunning. And then, in, then all of a sudden they started going on these. I think how many bad long losing streaks did they have throughout? Two. The year? They lost eleven once, and they lost twelve uh, as well. They lost twelve with after Blue Friday, uh, shortly after like August fifth uh, through the sixteenth. They lost twelve straight. <laughs> That was not good. Now, when we talk about guys, that was really a dark time for Cub fans. (laughs) When we talk about Blue Friday, I mean, it really started on Thursday. And Danny, you and I were at the game, and I thought I saw Corey in the room. Um, yeah, Corey Furlong is in here. Yeah, Corey was with us, and we uh, were—I think we were facing the Reds. And we were on the uh, we were we were sneaking the free booze. By jumping into the, jumping yeah. into the maker's mark section. You, know, you were you were doing that. <laughs> Don't put that on me. I was going to use the royal we, but um. So, <laughs> but but if you remember, we're driving home that day, and that was when the news was that Rizzo was traded. Yeah, which was the I stunning. Mean, one. The, the stunning part of that story, Crawley, is that you remember driving home. Well, I was listening to the radio when this stuff happened, and, and, and here's the thing that I remember clearly is that, like, I went to John Ferlis from Cubs Insider. He was in town, and I stopped by his place before the before the game, and we get the lineup, and there's no Rizzo or Bryant. Bias was in the lineup, no Rizzo or Bryant, and right away we're going, shit, because the trade deadline was Friday, and no Rizzo, no Bryant, fuck, you know, you know what that means. 
And so all we were hoping for was like one last pinch hit, especially Rizzo. Let him get out there, tip the hat to the fans, nothing. They lose, and then Rizzo's traded. And then it was – and then I think during the game it was – Tapero was traded during the game. And then uh, and then it was Rizzo, and I'm trying to remember when Kimbrel came by his – and then the last one was Bryant. Yeah, and it, it was it was insane that they didn't even give these guys a chance to, you know, just wave to the fans, do something. You know what I mean? Like, not a pinch hit, not nothing. Everybody knew what was going on too. So even if you did, you know, just do a pinch hit, everybody would have stood. You know, it would have been a standing ovation throughout the at bat. And that, that's what bothered me the most. We didn't, I mean, it wouldn't have, I, I, again, they're not going to do it because they don't want to risk the player getting injured, the deal falling apart. But, man, did it, I mean, from a fan standpoint, it just blew. Well, I mean, all you, you, this is what you do then. You put him in as your pinch hitter. He gets up there. And, you know, the fans give him the standing no. And then you call timeout. And you pull him for a different pitch hitter, which is which is KB now. <laughs> you let the fans give the standing no, and then you you pull him for another pinch hitter who is Frank Schwindel. Oh, Frank the Tank. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, it, this is a game in which the the beauty and the the romance of it is really derived from taking the time to celebrate these guys. Uh, when Kerry Wood got his final strikeout, they pulled him off the field, you know, so he could go and his kid was there and, and it was, it was harboring. It was touching, you know, to see what that happened. This is a game in which David Ross, they called, uh, timeout and went out to the mound not to pull the pitcher, but to pull the catcher. And that was John give, Lester. I was there at the game, and there wasn't yeah, a dry eye in the house. Yeah, to give the guy a chance to leave, and then and then you know later in that game they did it for Lester because uh, no he, no no not Lester, but they did it for no it wasn't yeah Lester. they did no well, Lester was pitching but, that I, day and Ross. Got like I said, just absolutely just sent off. They're playing the forever young, you know, all that yeah. stuff. It was it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and and uh, well, and I and I do think people gave uh, Lester a standing no at the end of that because that was the last regular season game of the season. But it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the same thing as is the Ross thing. I mean, that was so touching, you know, and amazing for for him to get that. And then. Here you have two of the most beloved Cubs in the history of the team, and they go out standing on the second step of the dugout, wondering if they'll get a chance to play. It's terrible. Robert, Robert Sanchez mentions that Rossi hit a home run in that game too, which was also true. I mean, that guy had a dream season to ever like. If if you could ever like, you couldn't even script that in Hollywood. Like people would say it would be so unbelievable that he would. He would literally become like the beloved Grandpa Rossi. That became like the big story. And then he catches a no-hitter. He hits a home run in his last regular season game and then gets called, you know, gets to get the tat tip the crowd. 
and then is able to go on the, the run to end the longest drought in sports history and hits a home run in his final game. Off the premier reliever in the sport. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, he put in his, he paid, he, he definitely is paying his dues with the franchise now, being the manager of, uh, yeah, but during it was really a bad idea for him to come back. He was, he was the most famous backup catcher in the history of the game. And I think people forget that now. Oh. Now we're going to hate him because he's just a yes man well, to I the grass. I think. Um, that- Crawley, I made you. Uh, I made you the host because not, I can't see any uh, requests or anything. Uh, so um, I hope you don't mind. I made you host. I was able to at least do that. I don't know if it worked, but yeah, yeah well, uh, it worked. I got it. And, and me and Corey saw your post there, Danny. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's sorry. I'm, I'm having it doesn't work on my phone for some reason. It's I'm on my iPad now, so whatever. It's working now. Yeah, and and so we're sitting here, and and it was a, you know, after Blue Friday. I mean, obviously you had some stories where you had like you know wisdom breaking the home run record and Frank going on. It was you both those guys were rookies of the month. Which you know, uh, wisdom breaking that home run record. I mean, that is that is a highlight. It's it's going to be a highlight of his career. You know, one of the highlights of his career. It's a, it's going to be one of the highlights of the 2021 season. He is now in the record books above Chris Bryant, who did that, you know, whatever, five years ago, six years ago. And Billy Williams, who did it 50 years ago, or whatever the fuck he did it, you know. It is just so funny how long. It- yeah, I just hope he goes into the Hall of Fame. As a cub, because you know he's played for different teams. Here, here's the thing: <laughs> maybe they're going to put him on here, that thing out in left field. There. See, that's what I was. Ju- I was yeah, just going to ask: Will, will wisdom make the uh, Cubs Wall of Fame before Sammy Sosa? Yeah, Sammy's getting a bum deal right now. It sucks. Like, yeah, until he comes to Club 400, and then the sh- then the Cubs are basically embarrassed that we we overshadowed them. No, I can't. I can't wait till that happens. I wonder because Stewart's in with Ricketts. I wonder if uh, Ricketts is bringing him in through the back door through Abs- Stu. No, I absolutely not. Uh, I mean, uh, Stu would tell us probably, and then we'd have to keep it a secret. Right? He would tell us one and number number two. Like I said, this is now an ego pissing match between two people that have massive egos in both Sammy and Ricketts. Nobody's going to blink, but if all of a sudden you know he's out at Club Four Hundred, people are gonna be like, "What the fuck, Cubs?" Like, yeah. like he's like going Plus, to like a neighborhood house. Sammy then Ricketts and Tom Ricketts are they the same age? Are they the same age? Oh, they're, they're probably close to yeah, because Ricketts is probably close to sixty, and so is Sammy at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny, I know for a fact that this is not Ricketts uh, bringing Sammy back in the back door because. That family is just too scared of the term backdoor to use it in any context. And you just, and, and, and honestly, <laughs> um, it, Sammy it, it is two years younger. Where Sosa, even just like the mention of his name, like if you see Ricketts face, like he just can't stand the fact that he even has to answer that question anymore. He gets irritated, so there's no way he has anything bringing him in. This basically had to do with yep. a good yep. connection that happened at, with a. Uh, his former hitting coach, Julian Martinez. And and basically, Sammy's wanted to come back for a long time and never really felt welcome. And 
now all of a sudden there's kind of traction to get him there. But we'll see what happens. There's a lot going on. Sammy's mom's not in good shape and other things that are going on right now. So, uh, I mean, that's TV. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so I, I, I wanted to bring out this about the 2021 season. The, the craziest play I think I've ever seen was on May oh, 27th. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Before you say it, Everybody chime in on the chat. Crawley, uh, you know, pick us, tell us. Do you know what he's about to say? Yep. He, Everyone everybody knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> I think it was the only interesting thing that happened. Yeah, Javi, of course. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, I watched that play. I, I'll, I think I'll always watch that play. Like, it's, it's one of those plays that I think I've every now and again – like even in 25 years, I'm going to queue up that play and and enjoy it just as much as I did the first time I saw it live. And I've never seen anything like that. I would really doubt if I'm ever going to see anything like that again. It totally ruined that first baseman's career. Like he got let go from the Pirates, and that's hard to do. And he went to Korea. You know? Yeah, he had to. He had to. I mean, it's the only place that they maybe didn't see it. He probably played in North Korea, so they really couldn't see it. <laughs> It's a funny thing, too, because I was reading an interesting article. Uh, I, I like uh, what's, what's his name from The Athletic, John. Um, uh, no, 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 no. What are you talking about, John Heyman? What's his name? John, uh, <laughs> the, guy, the guy who co-founded it with uh, Sahadev, John Greenberg, writes an interesting article, you know, about kind of like calling okay, dollars yeah. and cents and kind of talks about things, you know, like, and they were talking about the broadcasters and how difficult it was for them to call games uh, away games because obviously they weren't there. You know what I mean? And so like, you know, they basically were just watching the same thing you were watching and then kind of announcing it. You know what I mean? So it wasn't ideal. And they were talking about, uh, 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 Boog was talking about that specific play. So if you remember the play, you know, Javi, you know, hits it, what, to, to second and and the throw, or, or no, goes to the first baseman, and the first baseman's coming in, and, and Javi kind of coaxes him into kind of chasing him, and then uh, and that's what Boog was saying is that out of nowhere, you know, Contreras comes sliding in on the feed that they couldn't see that live. You know what I mean? So you can only see Javi. You couldn't really see uh, uh, Wilson until the last couple seconds of the play where he slides in. <laughs> then Javi called him safe. He called him safe, <laughs> and then ran. <laughs> and then he ran. He's doing the job of the umpire. I mean, that was maybe the greatest thing I've Not ever seen. Not only that, he, he they end up overthrowing it at first, and he gets to second. And and, it, and I listened to the call second. today, and all of a sudden, JD's getting so damn excited because again, he's watching everything what everyone else is. He's going, <laughs> go to third, go to third. He would have been <laughs> out. He would have been out so bad at third. But who knows how he might have pulled something else. Who, who, who knows if he had been out? He should have been out ten times on that play. Oh yeah! All they had to do was touch first. It was amazing. There were two yep. outs. Yeah, yeah, and there were, and, and that's that was the thing that of all the guys that got you know traded this year or didn't come back and all that. Javi is the one that I'm going to miss the most. I mean, I loved Rizzo the whole time he was there. Uh, KB was, you know, great, like fun to watch. Javi was different. Javi was just electrifying to watch at all times. And it is, 
I think in the in the second half of the season, I think that's what the Cubs were missing. Like for us watching, like we knew we weren't going to see a hobby play. And every other time, winning, losing, we might see Javi do something today. Do you know? And we just don't get to do that anymore. I'm going to pull a football comp on here. He reminds me very much of Devin Hester, how he could absolutely be electric, and sometimes he would do something and you would smack your forehead, and other times you would be jumping up and down because you saw something you never saw before. It reminded me so much of Hester in that regard. That, uh, you know, just, just the, I mean, think about it. In that future, that swim, that swim tag, the swim move, I mean, that's going to be something that, that kids are going to be doing for generations now. That's going to become a part of the game. Yet nobody why are, really why are we calling that, why are we calling that a hobby bias, right? Because when we were kids, everybody did the Pete Rose. That was like, it was a Pete Rose, right? Is that how you guys remember the diving, you know, you dive into the base? Uh, we didn't call it. The, I didn't call it the Pete Rose. No, it wasn't. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't dive into bases a whole lot. So. Yeah. I, well, in Iowa, played uh, the street. You know what I mean? There was no sliding. Yeah. In in Iowa, when you when you dove in, people called it a Pete Rose. I mean, that's that's where where I grew up. That's what it was called. Uh, and maybe maybe that was just for whatever reason that just caught on where I was. I don't I don't know. Uh, the big one machine was not looked upon fondly here in Chicago. Right. But if but if in fact that diving, you know, slide was called a Pete Rose, you know, across more places than just my little town, um then the swim move needs to be called the hobby. Right? Like like he just did a hobby. He didn't do a swim move. He did a hobby. Anybody? <laughs> it's just all, all I see is muted people just like, it feels like you're all would, staring at me. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'd be, I, I, I'm, I'll second it if you if you go ahead and put it forward. I will second it. And... Yeah. yeah, I had to actually uh, move rooms because I've got no uh, service, and so everything's going wrong. Like I'm in, and there's some kind of vortex now as soon as we tried to start this green room. Yeah, I, I, were you saying I didn't hear anything you said basically? But you're were, were you saying it was the play of the year? No, I was saying that we called a diving slide a Pete Rose, and we should call the swim move the the bias or the hobby. The hobby. Oh. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we should. I, I, you know, here's the thing about Javi being on the Tigers now. Uh, my dad, that's what, who he likes growing up. Like he was a Tigers fan. My one regret, baseball regret, is I didn't ever get to go to the old Tiger Stadium where he had gone. And uh, you know, now that Javi's on the Tigers, like I've been having these thoughts lately. I'm like, well, I could see watching Tigers games, having a little AL team, getting myself a, a Detroit Tigers hat, and heading up to Detroit. It's a nice ballpark. You and I went last year. I got cousins up there. Like I could see being like, you know, kind of a fair weather Tigers fan just to be able to watch some of those young guys come up. I, I mean, that's an exciting team, and obviously they're going in for it, and they're getting players like Javi, which you know I kind of want to keep watching. <laughs> you know, so I just don't want to do any more shots of Uzo with Danny's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to ride scooters anymore, <laughs> like, because uh, I, where the Uzo almost killed you, the scooter almost killed me. So, um, 
But yeah, no, I can I could definitely see like catching. I, I don't think we play the Central next year. Um, who who are we playing? The is it the West? No, it's the Central. I think again. East. It's the East because they got the Baltimore East. series. Oh. I want to go to, and then. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah well, we played the AL Central that. two years in a row. Let's hope we don't play them again. We have to play the stupid White Sox, unfortunately. I'd like to go to the AL West and, and see if I can catch a game at Anaheim. You know what I mean? If they play the Angels, I'd like to go to Anaheim. Yeah, I, that stadium kind of sucks. The Angels are boring, but Joe Madden's there. Shohei's there. Well, I would go. I would love to see a Shohei Otani start. You got, you you know. got Shohei. You got, uh, you got Trout. Yep. Yeah. See, see but, um, those two guys on the field. Hopefully they start on time. Otherwise, they're going to have to – maybe they'll cut some of that stuff, that interleague stuff. Um, if they you know, if they don't – I mean, we just have to wait and see. Um, oh, I you're talking about lockout negotiations? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't even have like a two-minute meeting, and then they chose not to speak to each other last time they, they talked, so it's not real great. But um, – yeah, the um, I remember this the schedule. Uh, I know we're supposed to talk about last year, but uh, the schedule is super weird. Like there was all those like stupid two game sets and odd days off and like a Friday off and just weird crap. Like I don't know what they're doing on that schedule anymore. Like whoever knows what they're doing on that. But uh, Jack Pastovich is asking: Is Toronto worth the trip? I haven't been, Danny. I know you've been to a lot of ballparks. I would love to go there. Yeah, I've been up there. I mean, you know, it's indoors. It's like one of the oldest uh, dome yeah, stadiums with it, the retractable. It's Olympic Stadium, right? No. That's Rogers, not what it's called it's anymore. Called Rogers Center, and it Olympic used to be stadium called the Sky More Ontario. What, what, what was that, John? Olympics, Olympics, Olympics in Montreal, Montreal, yeah. Olympics in Montreal. Oh, that was Montreal. the Montreal Stadium. Okay. Yeah. So you're so racist against Canada. You're just like, oh, all the stadiums are alike. I see how you are. <laughs> they, all those white people look the same to me, Danny. Toronto is an amazing city. It is like if Chicago was full of friendly people, it would be <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> it's like there's great ethnic food everywhere. Um, there's a lot of um, great Middle Eastern markets and things like that. But – the city is very clean, and it, that's the other thing. It's way cleaner than Chicago is, and um, you know I've been in there. I've been there in the summer and in the winter, and I've loved it every single time. It's it's great up there. I love Toronto. Yeah, so I, it, it would be worth that. The stadium, eh? It's like kind of indoors, you know. And um, well, and it was built during cookie cutter days, right? Like dual purpose sort of circle. Well, the other thing is, is they got the hotel there, and so I always thought that would be yeah, a kick you're ass. Can... You remember that? I think it was at the World Series that some uh, one couple was having a little bit of fun on for the TV cameras. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason to get the hotel there is if you're going to be naked up during oh, a hell game. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, paint yourself, um, paint, paint your whole naked body uh, for whatever team you're watching. Do a Clark. Clark yeah, the Cub impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You're going to see me on TV. Just yeah, 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 yeah. 
They, if you have enough fur, if you if you got enough fur, they don't mind. It's, it's um, so uh, I, I looked up a couple things about twenty twenty one. The Cubs walked off seven times. Um, can and well, actually, they wa- they walked off six times, and they rode off one time <laughs> as well. Um, Javi Baez rode off, if you remember, against Amir Garrett. Oh, yeah. R O W E D. That was like. He rode off. Yeah. Yep. That was great but, um, when he did that. I mean, again, talking about what we're missing with Javi. When he went yard on. <laughs> or no, he didn't go yard, did he? Or was it just a long. No, it was a it was a long fly that was going to win the game. Yeah. yeah. And then he just looked at him and started rowing with his bat. It was amazing. What a, what a wonderful situation that was, too, bringing Amir Garrett out to face him. Like, you want to send, like, a thank you note to the Reds manager for just putting that together. Yeah, how does this help the Reds? It doesn't, David Price. <laughs> um, well, and, you know, and there was already the bad blood with Amir Garrett. The bench is cleared. I, I saw that play today too in uh, 2021 uh, on May 1st. We got the, we got the date and then we uh, missed the rest of it. Eighth inning. But, you know, he's kind of cutting and, it now, but, but I would say when, with Amir Garrett, the one thing is, is he's a really, really good pitcher. And I think that, had there not been, I mean, I think Danny's right in the way that he did, you know, by the numbers, you would say, okay, I'll take Amir Garrett over Javi Baez to win that battle. But, you know, Javi was so locked in and motivated, he absolutely wasn't going to let Amir get the better of him. You know what I mean? Javi isn't affected by the numbers the same way other people are. Correct, and, and and that was one of those bizarre things. Your manager, you say Amir Garrett versus Javi, I'll take that, but the fact that Javi hates Amir so much, it locked him And being able to watch, you know, the way he kind of got the last laugh on that. I mean, I always wonder, you know, imagine if all of a sudden Amir Garrett gets traded. Oh, my God. They'll be great friends if they're playing the same team. Yep, it, it would, it'll be a Rodman on uh, the Chicago Bulls situation. Yeah, wasn't there a situation that did actually happen recently that there was some wonder about? What would that have been? Trevor Bauer anywhere? No. How nice it is, though, not to hear Trevor Bauer's name pretty much anymore. Yeah, he's, he's not out there much. It's good. I've been frustrated to see uh, Kerr Schilling's name quite a bit recently. What have you seen? I mean, other than him not making the Hall of Fame, what have you seen? Well, just the people who do vote for him. You know what I mean? Like, that keeps popping up because there, there are still a number of people. And whatever. It's it's so hard because, I mean, just, you know, I watch, I follow uh, Mr. Tibbs and the Hall of Fame tracker and all that stuff. And, and some of it can be just so mind-numbingly. Like, some of the people, you're like, did you ever watch baseball? How in the hell did you put that ballot in? Or how could you put in a ballot with nobody? Like, are you seriously kidding me? Like, some of this shit's just so dumb, I just can't even stand it. I mean, the shilling stuff is always tough. I mean, when you talk about the character issues with these guys, it, it's I, I have a hard time with it. You know, the question is, to me always is, is 
I think you see that more in baseball than you do in uh, football Hall of Fame. As far as that conversation between, uh, you know, whether or not someone, you know, in football, I think basically it's like, look, Lawrence Taylor, like, you look at what the shit that guy's done off the field. I mean, like, you can't even think of a much more worse human being. But when it comes to the Hall of Fame, there's no question he was a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, the character clause in baseball is kind of a bizarre one, and I feel like it's one that really wasn't looked at until, to me, it became kind of a very fair excuse to let people exclude people from the Hall of Fame, uh, especially when you talk about these uh, the steroid crowd. And so it's like, you know, all the hand ringing, what are we going to do with these guys? Oh, character clause, it's great. Because you look at the characters of the, of the of so many of the guys in the Hall of Fame, whether they're racist, whether they're abusive, whether yeah. they're pieces of shit. Ty Cobb, Cap yeah. Anson. Yeah, you, I mean, know. you go down the. I mean, anything obviously pre-integration, even after, but like even other guys that were just horrible human beings, and they're in there. Nobody ever said character clause. But, yeah, that, that's true. And and I honestly, I don't know necessarily what Schilling's numbers are. I just know that I don't really like him. Uh, Tom Garcia points out in the chat that Chapman played with Rizzo after the uh, Cincinnati issue from back in Rizzo's, what, 2014? 2014, correct. End of the 2014, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, it definitely does happen. Uh, they have to play together at some point. Um, so, Artie, what's up, man? What do you got to say? The Zone Ranto Show is also brought to you by the Spotify Greenroom app. The second half of this show, which you're about to hear, was recorded on the Spotify Greenroom app. It is an app that you download for free at the iOS App Store or the Android Store. You create a profile, you link your Twitter, you join a league. Uh, you follow us at Sun Ranto Show to be notified when the room goes live. And uh, then when we go live, you can join in the conversation. So it's kind of like a radio call-in show. Uh, except you're using an application on your phone that you can download. So you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. You get in on the conversation and uh, you can listen to lots of different things. There's all sorts of uh, leagues and concepts and uh, radio shows that are going live on the Spotify Greenroom app. You don't want to miss it. So check it out uh, and uh, download it today. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show, which you need to follow on the Spotify Greenroom app. Sun Ranto Show. Here's our conversation. So I was just going to kind of piggyback on what Crawley was kind of saying with, when it comes to, like, Hall of Fame. So, you know, you mentioned the NFL, and it seemed like you were kind of maybe hitting along the line with the NFL when they, you know, pick players for the Hall of Fame. It's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. But then when it comes to baseball, it's like they have to just argue about numbers and this and that, and it's just more of a, you know, you know, should they – you know, did they represent baseball? Was it, you know, was it good for them? And, and the biggest thing for me, and I'm just doing the hometown thing, is that I think, for example, Todd Helton should be a baseball baseball Hall of Fame just because he played his freaking entire career in Colorado, what he meant to that organization, and represented it real well. And we're not going to have that anymore in 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 baseball. You, we're not going to have know, a player that played the entire career with one team. You know, Artie, you talk about that, and I, and I and I was reading about kind of some of the backlash. If you remember, Harold Baines got into it, got into the Hall of Fame because yeah. if you look at Harold Baines' numbers just on a purely uh, number basis. He probably is not a Hall of Famer. But when you talk about what you're talking about, too, what he meant to the city, what the what the, what, the, what he meant to the hometown fans, uh, it, the, the Baseball Hall of Fame is very exclusionary, 
And, I mean, God almighty, we, we all saw what it took to get Ron Santo and Minnie Minoso and Buck O'Neill and all. I mean, just it's like, what, what in the hell is wrong with you guys? Why is it like, you, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just a little much. And I think it, it's to the detriment of fans. I would always, I would argue Mark Grace. You know what I mean? Played a premier first base, most hits in the 90s, most doubles in the 90s. I, w- I was actually thinking the exact same thing, Crowley. The numbers aren't gaudy because they weren't homers, but the most hits of any player during his decade of, you know, a decade of dominance in that situation. It's like, I can see maybe his overall numbers aren't the best in the history of the game, but against the people that he was playing against for those 10 years, he was better than all of them. Well, here's check out Harold Baines. All right. He plays Harold Baines plays from 1980 Till 2001, okay? He played until he was 42 years old, and he is worth a total of 38.7 more, okay? Mark Grace played from 88 to 2003, so 16-year career, five years less than Harold Baines, and he's worth 46.4 more. Yeah. So how the hell is Harold Baines in there and somebody like Mark Grace is The very simple the answer clause. is that we talked about it. Nothing to do with the character clause. It had to do with, um, with again, um, Reinsdorf's oversized influence in the game of baseball. Yeah. And so basically it was the Veterans Committee and basically Reinsdorf and LaRusa strong-armed to get Baines in there. If it was any other, if he was from Colorado, Harold Baines, let's just say, exact same numbers, he's not in the hall. And, and Michael, one of the things you were just kind of mentioning about, like Mark Grace, you know, all the great hits that he had at, during his time that he played baseball, those are the exact things they put on the plaque. So what the fuck, you know? <laughs> How many bad teams did right? Mark- you you could actually write the under under Mark Grace's uh, name. You could write had the most hits and most doubles of any player in the major leagues for the nineteen nineties. And how and think about this? Think about anybody many, sees that, and they're not going to think about anything else. And be like, "Oh, that makes sense." Then he's in. And think about how many bad teams he played on. That's another thing that, like, <laughs> like, like, it, it, like the '90s Cubs. Like, my dad and I were going through it because he argued the '50s, and technically he was right. The '50s were really bad for the Cubs, but the '90s weren't that far behind. And it's like Jesus, like, 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 imagine if Grace would have played on like Atlanta in the '90s. You know what I mean? When you had David Justice and and, and Chipper Jones and. All these awesome players, you know, that you you, you could have been on those teams. The, the greatest great. starting, the greatest set of starting pitchers, probably ever. I would. Yeah, I wonder if the if uh, the reason he's uh, Grace is not getting the attention he should for his accomplishments uh, as a hitter is because of his off the field, you know, wearing the pink underwear at Joe Arpaio's place, the DUI, the, you know, going all Archie Bunker on the broadcast. It, it the helped. Archie Bunker thing I thought was a, a huge overreaction. I think that was the dumbest thing. I don't think that he should have in any trouble for that. You know, sorry if that offends. I think it was just something dumb that an old guy would say, and I, I don't think it was anything horrid talking about, a, you know, whatever. Um, as far as the off-season yeah. stuff, off-field stuff, uh, how many DUIs has Tony LaRusa got? Um, you know, um, you know, slump busting. I mean, most of the stuff. Grace is not any kind of outlier of any type of guy that did anything that awful. You know, he's not collecting Nazi memorabilia like Kurt Schilling. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
ain't doing dumb shit like that. He, he's a guy that's just basically, he didn't use steroids. <laughs> he survived off of Miller and Marlboro Reds. And, uh, you know, whatever, you know, I, I think it's, I just think that the numbers, basically, if there was a hall of very good, that's where you would find Mark Grace is what the argument, argument would be. Yeah. Tom, Tom Garcia says first base is also commonly known as a power yeah. position. So, yeah. So, and he was just more of a, like a pure kind of, he was very much like, you know, kind of how Joey Votto is, you know, just a lot of, lot of hits. And I mean, in the doubles, I mean, that was just kind of ridiculous. I mean, he was, he was kind of like a Castellanos in that way. I mean, he, and he wasn't, he wasn't bad at, he wasn't, I mean, what was he at first base? I would call him. Oh no, he was, he, a, win, he was a great first baseman. Yeah, he was pretty good. I mean, no, he was, you know, he was a great first baseman. Did he win any gold Absolutely, gloves? I'm sure. Yeah, I can I can hear uh, Crowley got his yeah. new Malnati's. Yeah, <laughs> he, won, he won four gold gloves. Yeah, so yeah, he was uh, or wait, no, yeah, four gold gloves. So that was kind of in the middle of his career. So didn't he finish second in rookie of the year? Yeah, second in rookie of the year. Who won it that year? I wonder. The and then he had that awesome uh, postseason that same year, right? That was against the Giants. Him and Will Clark went off. Yeah. So we start talking about 2021 and end up in better years. <laughs> right. That, it, it, it's insane that we started with 2021. We ended up discussing Mark Grace's MVP credentials. Hall of Fame credentials? Or Hall of Fame, yeah. Hall of Fame, yeah. Well, MVP too, or Rookie of the Year. That's what we were talking about. Okay. In uh, twenty years, I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) so don't worry about it. (laughs) Old man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I'll be in the middle of the sentence and I'll forget what I'm talking about. So I completely understand. Okay, Artie, Uh Artie, and John, real quick, give us, uh, give us something from the Cubs season that you were, that you remember that was. Fun, interesting. You hated it, like that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, <laughs> let's see what happened. Do you remember this season? Game had a complete game, almost. That was fun. Millsy, Alec Mills, almost had a complete game. Who did? The ninth. I don't know. It's a pretty shitty year. Oh, an almost complete game is your You know what? The, it, it, it was a Here's sa- what I'll tell you. It's not the greatest memory because it went south quickly, but being back at Wrigley for the first time for opening oh, yeah. day, that I, to me was a very uh, – the Cubs did do a video tribute, which I was making – I kept mentioning on Twitter and tagging them so they wouldn't forget, but kind of mem- uh, remembering a lot of the people that we lost for, that worked at the ballpark. Yeah, uh, actually – the yeah. year before and stuff like that. So that was a great, just being back at Wrigley again for the first time since 2019 was just amazing. Speaking of Wrigley, I have a very negative one. Remember, Danny, when you, me, and Irish Allen were watching Arietta fall apart before our eyes for the very last time as a Cub? That was awful. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it became like towards the end of the season as it just like, as we like spun down the toilet bowl, uh, it, it was almost kind of funny to watch, so I can't say that I like didn't enjoy how awful it got. In fact, I kind of wanted it to get worse. It's like you know but, George Carlin has a joke still, about, but that was still earlier, Danny. No, it was in August. 
Oh, yeah, no, I, but that's when we got rid of him. And, but then, but he was was shitting about a bunch. I mean, like I looked up a couple of his game. Remember that game when he gave up seven runs to the Brewers in the first inning or something I like that? And seven zero lead too. No, yeah, they yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they tied it. Yeah, that's right. And that that was early on in the first losing streak. The Cubs, okay, so this is a 2021 horrible memory. I believe the Cubs gave up two different seven-run leads during yeah. this season. That is, I think that's true. And, uh, God, there was something I wrote down. Oh, yeah, check this out. It, anybody want to guess the Cubs' record when scoring 10 runs? Oh, my God. <laughs> the the and, fact that you were asking this question makes me think that it was way more than zero losses. Anybody want to harbor a guess here? Nice. Nine, Nine and six? Artie, how often do you think these guys? <laughs> I, I will say that when the Cubs had, what did you say, a, a nine-run lead? It, oh, a 10-run lead. lead. When scoring 10 runs or more. 10-run lead or just scored 10 runs? No, not 10-run lead. They, when scoring 10 runs in a baseball okay, game, yeah, that, what was their record? I I, I'll sure. give you a hit. There were 12 games. 12 games. Oh, my God. I can't believe there was 12 games. Artie, you're, you were much closer than me. I thought there was like three games. I was gonna, I'll was i say seven and five. Okay. Anybody else oh, want to guess? I'll, I'll take five and seven, Crawley. You want to do that? <laughs> Okay, well, it is seven and oh, five. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Carly's probably looking at the fucking stats right now. I'm not looking at the stats, but I mean, like, to, to really, like, just the fact that you're almost going 500 by scoring 10 runs is just absolutely shows how atrocious the team is. Yeah, that that's insane. Yeah, like, they yeah. had uh... <laughs> If there was, if but if they had a, a losing record, we would never have heard the end of it. I mean, that, that would have been, like, the biggest stat. Do you guys remember the game? And I looked up uh, all the walk-offs today. I looked up. I thought that might be fun to talk about. And it was weird that I didn't remember all seven. You know, I, w- I remembered the row-off. But, and then I forgot about this one until I saw it again. But do you remember um, it was against the Pirates, and Ian Happ popped up the ball and in the infield, and it would have you know probably gone to the 12th inning. But instead, Wilmer Defoe just, like, didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alcantara scored. I do remember it was that. On, it was on September 2nd. It was in the 11th inning. So, you know, t- check that one out. You know, if you go back and watch that play, because it is just like, you know, I mean, if, if the Cubs, you think the Cubs had a bad season, the Pirates had a worse one. Yeah, it was Keystone Cops out there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And the poor Pirates have had this thing happen against the Cubs a lot of times. Remember when the outfielder tripped? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was the right fielder, right? Right fielder, yeah. It was Polanco. His leg gave out. Polanco, yeah. Did Polanco have another situation like that this year? Or maybe it was last year. It was either this year or last year where he flubbed something very similarly. Uh, at the end of the game, because because the the right field falling down thing came back with a vengeance this year. Um, and then uh, there was uh, actually two those uh, games against the Dodgers when the Cubs swept the Dodgers at Wrigley. Two of those. I was were at walk-offs. the I was at the Mets sweep and I was at the Dodgers sweep. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, the things we're really looking up. I mean, that's the thing is like, you're just like, we're humming along. We're a playoff team again. Everything's going to be good. And then it just freaking really fell off the cliff. I mean, I've never seen anything right. like it. And that was with the core. And I think in retrospect, like, you've got to think all those trade rumors and just like, we're, and, you know, they I, already knew Darvish was gone. Like, that had to weigh on this. I, I just, look, you know what? Sometimes it's simpler than that. Sometimes it's just a matter of pitching. And the pitching, the starting pitching, was never going to hold up as it was. And I remember after the Mets swept, and you and I and, and Joe Kilgowan, I can't remember if Michael went with this, um, but we were at uh, we were at Nisei Lounge. We were on the patio, and Joe was 100% sure that this Cubs team had what it took. And I'm like, they don't have the pitching. It's not that's The starters are not going to be able to hold up. And then that's what, you know, your offense is going to go up and down. You're going to have hot streaks, cold streaks. Even in 2016, the Cubs did as far as hitting is concerned. But when but it comes down to pitching and the Cubs just didn't they never had it from day one of the season. Yeah, yeah but I was yeah. talking myself into it too. It's like you get you, you start the Scherzer's name starts floating around at the deadline. You're thinking, okay, we got. It. But, <laughs> right, <laughs> it's like we when, had a couple when, pitchers and we're right there. Uh, when we're actually thinking that they're going to add to the team, I was I was with you. I thought they'd add, and they did not. Yeah, uh, Artie. Um, you haven't given a uh, a thing that you you liked, like your your memory. One final plea for you all to join the Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash sunranto. Um, this version of the podcast has advertising all strewn throughout it, and uh, if you don't like it, uh, then, uh, and why would you like being uh, barked ads at, uh, well, then you can subscribe. For as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto, you get your own RSS feed, you get the show early, you get the show ad-free, and uh, there's perks at every level. You can get the music, I write out little newsletters, you get the f- photography and the f- that I take at the games. Um, there's, it, it just, it's a great way to help out the show, become a ranter, a super ranter, and um, help out the show, because I'm telling you, it, it'll make you feel good knowing that you're helping produce the Sun Ranto Show, tickets and beer, and Crawley's memorabilia, Cubs Cave, and, you know, uh, Michael Cotton tickets, and all sorts of good stuff that will put your money to good use producing a great Cubs podcast. So please be involved with it, patreon.com slash sunranto, and you'll never hear me ask you again because I cut those all out of the show. So you'll never hear it again. You'll never hear this little uh, song that's playing. You'll never hear about uh, any of the uh, the advertisers that are fed us through our podcast network. You won't hear any about, of it. You'll just hear Cubs talk. You won't have your time wasted. And it is really cheap. A dollar, two dollars, three dollars. If you would buy each one of us a beer at Wrigley Field, that's like the three, four dollar level. So come on, join today. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Quit screwing around. Here's the rest of the show. Well, actually, that was going to be mine, and that mainly was that that Dodgers series was that because, um, you know, I was actually um, in Mesa, you know, doing some training for my new job. So I, you know, watched it after you know starting a new job, and it was like exciting to see everything that happened in that series, you know, and and everything like that. And then, of course, you know, hey, my picture right here on this uh, on the app right here is when I was, you know, visited Sloan Park for the first time. So, oh, nice. You know, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. So that was my that was my favorite part of the series. And then, of course, you know, where cool. it went from there. 
Yeah. Jack, what about you? Yeah, mine's the uh, the Rizzo at bat uh, on opening day 2.0. I, I just think that was just it, it was it felt like the playoff atmosphere at Wrigley. Everyone stand. It's the it's the freaking middle of the fifth inning and everyone's standing up at Wrigley Field. There's nobody on. Like it, it's just it, it, you just knew it, it was it was crazy that the 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 sound was building and you you just knew oh, he's he's gonna put one over the fence. And it, like, Jack, is this the the 14 pitch? Exactly against St. Louis on on opening day two point and you had all the Cubs Hall of Famers throughout the first pitch. You had the the big flag on the field. It was it was it was awesome. That was that was the game of the year for me. Yeah, what what do you guys remember? Do you guys remember that uh, Danny Crawley the that fourteen pitch home run? That was amazing. I will say I was quite bitter because I was in Colorado, so don't tell me it was opening day 2.0 because I go to every opening day. Opening day is in <laughs> April. There ain't no opening day 2.0, but I remember listening to that in the car and being excited. Driving back cross country. Yeah, that was a fun one. You know, and the, and, and, and that, you know, I, I, that day that they opened a full capacity, which is the day I will call it, you know, it just, they did everything right and, and just, and, and, you know, that's a tough one for me too because it's just like a memory of like, oh my God, we're done with this. Everything's going to be okay. And now here we are like canceling damn New Year's plans. Oh, I know, right? Ugh, God. Hey, Bernie. Uh, looks like Bernie has joined the chat. What do you think? Hey. What's your 2021 uh, Cubs highlight or this low light? Answer. I was very optimistic at first, especially when it kept swooping having sweeps, you know, they would win series, like sweep, sweep them. They had a few this year. And then Blue Friday came, like, they raced everything. <laughs> but um, <laughs> then I was focusing on the New York people, like Justin Steele and um, Rivas and Herma Seal. I can't even pronounce his name, but the younger people. Um, I have a question, because I remember some years, Cubs, they would hardly have any – I don't know how you say it, sweep wins or wind sweeps. How, what would you call that? And I don't know. This year they had a few for a crappy year. Do you ever recall years back that they would never sweep or hardly ever swept a game, game a series? I mean, oh. you, have certain, you have certain series that are going to, you get the sweeps, you don't. It, sweeps are weird. You know what I mean? It's not really indicative of whether the team's yeah. good or bad. It's uh, just a matter you just but, sit there and um, – you know, sometimes teams just get on these hot streaks and, and, and other teams get on cold streaks and you hope you catch them at the right time, you know? Yeah. That, that is a good question, just Bernie. Like, I wonder if there has been a season when when a, the Cubs have either not swept anybody or maybe even not been swept. Yeah, because you usually would, you would like, oh, Pat Hughes would have that little tr- little trivia tidbit or something like that. And I haven't heard anything like that, but I recall hearing something like that in the past. But I bet it's kind of awesome because, Carl, you see you went to two of the sweeps last year. I bet that was kind of fun at Wrigley. Oh, yeah. That and then, just and then exciting. Again, that was that was, those, I think, were both in May. And either late April or, or late April going into May, but I know it was that April-May stretch that Michael was talking about when they had an amazing record. Uh, yeah, you know, you just sit there and, 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 you know, you beat. It wasn't like you swept the Pirates. You swept the freaking Dodgers and the Mets, and the Mets yeah. had really good pitching at that time. 
um, and they were able to pull it off, and you're like, okay, wow, that's just amazing. So anytime you go to the sweep, it's a lot of fun. Although they don't let you bring brooms into the stadium, which kind of bothers me. <laughs> yeah, we swept the Cardinals there, too, like on Sunday Night Baseball at Wrigley early in the year. We swept a lot of teams last year. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, and that's good for sweeping Cardinals. Also, I'm like, you guys, everybody be safe. This just COVID's like rampant. I mean, I've just been in my house, or I'll just go to the store <laughs> here and there, and that's it. But um, I just hope, you know, we have baseball ne- next year after all this COVID outburst. I'm oh, really I'm freaking out. No, no, I'm 100% certain there will be baseball. And, again, the most I see is I see okay. things being delayed a week or two, both in spring training and the start of the season. That's yeah, what I, I I'm actually I'm I'm actually more worried about uh, a lockout slash strike than I am about COVID uh, canceling the season. <laughs> so uh, what I don't I don't know if that makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm pretty. Try to make make sure I'm safe and, and get tested. But Danny, your um, fiance, she works in a theater. Um, uh, uh, part and how's the, is her like theater closed for COVID? Oh, he must be. No, Danny, he, he's, he's in here. He he just unfortunately we we can't hear him right now. Here's what I'll tell you. Oh, okay, and I can't speak okay. for Danny, but they are yeah. in Chicago starting January third, starting with more restrictions. But I don't think uh-huh. they're, they're, they're. I just don't think they're going to shut down the economy again. I really don't. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Yeah, and well, you know the everything that I've heard the the Omicron, Omicron, Omicron is all. Uh, uh, it's a little less severe than um, the other ones. So that's. I mean, it's good news uh, that it's a little less severe and. Good. Um. I mean, I'm vaccinated as much as I could possibly be, so, you know, it's like, that's all you can do at, the, at this point, and, and be right, safe right. and mask up and yeah. do all those things, and I still do all of it, and guess what? I don't think I've ever had two years where I've been this fucking healthy. I've ne- I haven't had, like, any colds or uh, stomach viruses. Like, I haven't had shit. So I'm I'm a I'm a mask uh, believer. I think I might just do it for the rest of my life, regardless of what happens, because because all these people out here they're they're dirty fucking people around, and they're making well, they me are. sick. <laughs> and I used to, I mean I I sanitized before COVID. I'm like my hands are so raw from so much like sanitizing wipes and all that. But, I'm with um, you. Yeah. Um, so what? You guys keep safe. Thank you for everything, and you know, be safe and happy New Year. And thank you for everything. And yeah, happy New Year, Bernie. And I hope. And please sign Korea. All that, all that social media <laughs> stuff was so cool, wasn't it? Yeah, that was cool. So WGN. I was <laughs> listening. I was listening to Cubs Talk podcast uh, yesterday, and uh, David Kaplan shouted uh, Danny and Crawley out. Um, talking about the you know the the Christmas Carol, so you know they said Danny Crawley by name, but of course the ranchers were all singing, and you know and, and he said he's like, hey, these fans are trying to get this guy here, and I thought that was pretty cool because I mean that that really is what it is. Yeah, I I, I don't know. If oh, we can't hear you, Danny. Now, but you're uh, back. 
Oh, hooray, it works. I keep switching between my iPad, iPad and phone. I actually texted David Kaplan and uh, said, said, hey, thanks for shouting us out. And I, and I told him we do it every year. He's like, count me in next year. So <laughs> that'll be fun. We'll get David Kaplan out there singing on a couple of the stops. We got to get a, a, a Kaplan-specific song. Oh, definitely. Like, like David, David the Cap. Kaplan, like David the Catman to Frosty the Snowman. Oh, Dan, it, it writes itself. Yeah. David the Catman. He's as bald as he... I don't know. Is there anything that we can do uh, with Go Cubs backwards? Spooky yeah. dog. <laughs> That's Go Cubs backwards. Or Go Cubs backwards. You know, yeah. another thing that happened this year that kind of got lost, I think, uh, for a lot of us, um, Beth Mullins, the, the first female uh, broadcaster for the Cubs ever, uh, had a few few series this year. Um, I liked her. I, I enjoyed listening to her. I, I felt like her and JD had a pretty good rapport right off the bat. I enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's not really on-field, but there's not a lot of on-field to talk about. So that was a good thing. Hey, I've got it. David, the cat man, backwards Cubs, he would say. <laughs> we'll workshop it. We got 11 months, 12 months. Yeah, we got a little while. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Michael. It was nice to hear some fresh voices. Obviously, it was kind of a transition year to not have Len there. Uh, but, you know, it's it's funny, like with Len, like, you know, I, it's for me, it's like kind of funny, like how quickly I turned on him. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, go to the White Sox, are you? Like, it was so easy for me to to like switch sides of being a Len fan to being like to really thinking he was a traitor in my so heart. The funny, thing I, I was, was kind of turning on Len maybe the last couple years because he kept saying dumb shit like, "I like the NL." But I wish we had a DH. Well, then you don't like the fucking NL, asshole. Like, well, if you want the that, DH, and, you okay. don't like the NL. He would always seem to be talking up the opposing team's players. And so my brother, you know, he's in Colorado. He listens to most games. He doesn't get to watch as many. But he would go like, why did the Cubs announcer seem to like the other teams better than the Cubs? Like, you remember well, his Trevor Bauer obsession and some of that shit? Oh, my God. Which now, I mean, we hate, I mean, I even hated Trevor Bauer back then just because he's a freaking douche canoe. And then you find out all this other shit about him. You know, it's just like, yeah. And Len was just like enamored of it. He's just like, this is how it should be. Trevor Bauer's like, remember he was doing those like, uh, what are they called? Um, like seminars for the young players, teaching them how to do social media and stuff. <laughs> and then the other, you know, it, and, and so like Danny and I, when we did the uh, Cubs caroling party, we're in the back of G-Man, and John was there, and Bernie, I think, I don't know if she's still in here, but she was there, and we're all kind of just waiting, and, and so, you know, the Cubs, not the Cubs, the old 45s or whatever they're called, uh, you know, they're uh, they're a band that has Matt Spiegel, who's, uh, who, who's uh, a host on 670 The Score, Cub flagship station, He's he actually called a couple games on the radio, too. Uh, He's great. Then, I love his voice. He, he I could listen to Matt all and then, uh, you know, so we, so we sit there and we're waiting around for Cubs casting and, and they're playing their first gig because they released a CD or a record or whatever they release nowadays or streaming. And, uh, and in comes Matt Spiegel and he sees Danny and I and, you know, he's willing to talk and take a picture and totally cool and this and that. 
So you know that Len's coming in at some point in time. He comes in like he's like the freaking Beatles, like running to the back, like head down, not looking at anybody. It's like, come on. Well, because he knows he's on the north side. He, we all would have said hi and, 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 and probably spit on him a little bit or something. Yeah, but we're not know. gonna it like fun. we're not gonna do anything but just like take a quick picture and be hey Len. Like he knows both of us. We've uh, I've interviewed Len, like we met him at Club four hundred, he was hanging out at the tent with us in the spring training. Like, we've seen Len a lot. And it's like you know, and he knows all the cup. He was here for forever. And so like for him to do that, like it did seem like a little diva <laughs> But, you know, you can't judge people that are – I mean, the thing is, it's like being in a band, it's tough because you just you do just want to focus on the music and what you're going to do, but there's no separation between you you and the audience when you're, like, at G-Man Tavern. It's not like you're backstage at Metro next door where you've got the green room and then you come out and the guitar tech's already tuned your guitar for you. Like, no, G-Man, you're doing everything yourself and you're going to sound check in front of the audience and, like, you know – it's just that, you right? Know? And and he's obviously well known in the neighborhood, right? Just come say hi, man. Don't big time us. That was the only thing. It was kind of lame, but kind of like eye rolling, like you just literally like plowed through there. Like, come on, Len. I love yeah. Len. I think Len's a great guy. I miss him as a broadcaster. I don't think of him as a traitor and an enemy or anything like that. I wish he was. You know, I liked him a lot, and you know, for many I, years, I like, he was the voice of the Cubs. You know, yeah, I liked Len for most of his time with the Cubs, but then like literally those last couple years, it just got like, like what people are saying. It, 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 it did feel like he was auditioning for a different role every game. Like a national role. Like yeah. Like a national role. Or, you yeah. know, and, but instead he goes to radio, which I mean, maybe it is true. Like this is one thing I can give to Len is that he has a affinity for radio um, more than TV, I think, because it's a different. Because remember, he used to do all the Cubs spring training games, and he would be there with Mick Gillespie, and those were great broadcasts. You know, oh, I, really I love those broadcasts. They were so good, and I, I've told Mick, you know, I'm like, I really miss you doing the the show, and he's like, Well, <laughs> tell the Cubs, I would love to do it again. You know, but oh, they were uh, they were so funny in spring training, and and it was very similar to Pat and Ron in the way that like. Like, Len just knows, like, the numbers of attendance. You play the attendance game, and Len will literally have it by, like, like he'll be off by, like, 15. And Miss Mick Gillespie, like, Ron Santo will be off by, like, five, seven grand, like, in, like, a 20 grand stadium. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, oh, come on. You know, so, but they had a funny report about it, and they were great to listen to. Right. Yeah. No, and, and what's amazing is that Len was with the Cubs as long as Harry Carey was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like people think that Harry was with the Cubs for 100 years or something, but nah, we, we had two of those guys. Yeah. Well, there's not going to be a statue no, for Len, I'll tell you that much. will not be, because, 100%. Because Len is the reverse Harry Carey, because he actually abandoned the team and went to the south side, whereas Harry Carey came north. Yep. So. And not only that, though, I mean, like, when you think about Harry, I mean, it was just what he meant to, to reviving Cubs baseball. And the Superstation and Arnie Harris and all those things that just kind of came with it. It's, it's like, the, you know, like I said, people always think, oh, Wrigley's always packed. Like, in the 70s, they freaking closed the upper deck, so it was never packed. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Harry uh, was actually more known as a Cardinals broadcaster. 
When you talk about his MVP years as a broadcaster, it'd be with the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, and, you know, now there's going to be a, a group of fans that got into baseball like like we did that, you know, that hair, uh, you know, Harry's our guy. There's going to be there's going to be people that lends their guy that when they got in, you know, so they're going to look back on that. Yeah, I've had, I've had people tell me that, that, yeah, Len was their guy, like basically like, you know, younger generation that all they ever really knew was Len, you know, when they first really became aware of baseball, you know, it was Len Casper's voice that they heard growing up. Yeah, because you know he he went through a few uh, a few co-hosts. You know they they didn't stick around nearly as long as he did. What are you gonna do, Crowley, if uh, Len gets in the broadcasting hall of fame before old Pat Hughes? <laughs> that, that ain't gonna happen. I mean, the only thing I care about is that Pat makes it in and 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 makes it. See, he can't make it in. This, is it this year? He can't. It's so dumb the way that they do it. But like. Yeah, it's like every every three years. Every or three too. years, so I'm trying to remember the last time it was up because it goes like, it goes like a, a local guy, a national guy, and then there's like something else dumb. It's, the whole thing's stupid. The Ford Frick Award. Yeah, and Ford Frick is is the perfect like, I don't know uh, what what what's the word when you're innuendo. It's the per- perfect innuendo for that award. Alliteration. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm looking through the list of uh, Cubs broadcasters uh, throughout the years, and uh, how about remember Bradley? Bradley was in that 2007 and eight. Do I remember? It was I. That's how I first really got into uh, Pat and Ron. Like I had listened to them before, but it was Bradley that drove me to the radio. That. Dude sucked. I hated him from day one. To it, all the way through 2012. I didn't realize he was there that long, but he was in those uh, seven, eight years. And he, I mean, thank God he would. I mean, di- didn't he get canceled recently? Oh, yeah. He, there was the thing about the Marcus Stroman and the do rag. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was friendly. That just happened last year. Oh man, yeah, I'm so glad he's gone. But like, and he replaced. It looks like he replaced Tom Bredeman. Yep. I think as he's getting older, he's getting to be one of those get off my lawn guys, you know. Oh, he was always a get off my lawn guy. He was such a <laughs> garbage announcer the whole time. It like it was frustrating because. So I was listening to IBMV back then, and I was one of the very few people that was like, you know, posting on Facebook like, "Fuck Brenly, this dude's an idiot," you know, and and I had to take some shit in that group <laughs> for that. I remember I have been vindicated, and uh, I'm I'm looking through the list here, uh, Chip Carey. Um, I ne- okay, and I'm I'm gonna I'll I'll tell everybody I never hated Chip Carey. So many people hate Chip Carey. I never hated him. I don't know that he was like the greatest announcer ever, but he didn't bug me. Like some people seem to hate him, and yet, so that was the thing. It's like I didn't hate Chip Carey, but I hated Bob Brenly, and that put me on the wrong side of a lot of Cubs fandom. 
Uh, how about Keith Moreland? He's yeah, he, uh, he was universally canned. Um, did we lose Crawley? He somehow? bailed, I think. He made me the owner of the room, and oh, he made you the host. Sorry, that's, that's why I was wondering. I'm like, well, how did Crawley leave without <laughs> with being the host? So yeah, but he well, made I mean, me those. Um, here's the thing: uh, from I'm looking through some of the splits, uh, blowouts this year, right? So a blowout is five plus runs. Uh, the Cubs won 18 blowout wins. How many losses did they have? Oh, well, you're looking, looking at, at it. it so Anybody have a party? Yeah, 30, 31. Yeah, no, th- it was it was 31. I'm going to go 22. I was right. So, <laughs> no, but what's amazing is they were 17 and 91. More than 30%, more than, so like 30, 34% of their losses were by more than five runs. Yeah, they, they got, there was not a lot to tune into. Like they, they'd be losing by five, six runs early in a lot of games. And it was just kind of hard to watch. It's like, you know, I got a lot of other stuff done because you'd kind of have the game on in the background and. Yeah, it it just was not really must see TV. And like, you know, that's the thing is that that's that's what they need to return to. Marcus Stroman. I was thinking about that. You know, the Cubs open in Cincinnati. um, If they start the season on time, they'll open in Cincinnati. And one of those first two games, Marcus Stroman is going to pitch. I'm not sure if Hendo's going to get the nod. It depends on the health of everybody. And, you know, it's a long time away. But uh, I was like, that now becomes must-see Cubs baseball TV again, seeing Marcus Strom. And that's like the first time, well, in half a year, that, or, or actually almost in a full year, because it was like everything after, you know, August 1st was straight garbage. Now we have something to watch again. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of games that this year that we watched for like an hour, and the game was pretty much over. With yeah, us. it was. You know, like, okay, I'm done. Oh, whatever, Danny. <laughs> it was easier to podcast. Well, we just didn't. well, it it felt like a, a comfortable old shoe. It was easier to podcast because we just talked about ourselves instead of the stupid team. Because there was like there was nothing to figure out. We suck. Like you know, well, but, I don't know the was, players. I don't know if they're good or not. Like I, I don't know what I'm seeing. Like it was easier know, because we could just complain. <laughs> yeah, I just think I'm good at complaining. I'm. It's like my specialty. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, the the splits are far funny. They actually had two winning months: May and October. <laughs> just two and one in October. So we we. We won in October for the first time since uh, 2017, 18. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, 17. Yeah, oh, my God. I can't believe. I don't know. This, the schedule still bugs me. All the schedules forever have always bugged me. Why are – it used to be in October, that first week was the World Series. Now, granted, I understand they didn't have, like, the playoff series and stuff. But, my God, the regular season goes into October now. 
don't know. Am I the only one that, this, that is bugged by this? Like that we don't. Yeah. Well, they. Uh, they sh- I. I think they could go to one fifty six. They don't want to. Um, one sixty two seems too much, especially if like now what they're doing with pitchers and everybody just pitches like three four innings and they're everybody's a piggyback except for a few guys. You know, like if that's how they're going to play it, just to get through the one sixty two and have some gas in the in the playoffs and. You know, especially if they're going to expand the playoffs. Like, I know that we're all against that, but, like, oh they can't God. expand the playoffs. And also, what are they going to play till November? Like, what are they, you know, they can't have more teams because that means more series, you know? And it's, Yeah, we're going to have a world – we're going to have Thanksgiving World Series, <laughs> which, by the way, sounds awesome, <laughs> but I don't think you really want it. Well, the, the sad thing is they're, and they'll end up playing it at a neutral site like the stupid Super Bowl, and it, that'll be terrible for everybody, especially like the season ticket holder fans of both teams who now have to like go to freaking stupid Miami and get a hotel room to see the team. You know, like yeah, no, I, I totally I mean, get it. it. I mean that that sounds like a, a Manfred sort of idea. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's, I mean, they, they just always make the worst choices and I, I don't understand, but here's the thing. It's next year. Opening day is in March in Cincinnati outdoors. It's not going to be warm. It might be, you know, with global warming at all, but then the, they, this, now they do have more days off during the season, uh, next year, but, uh, they, uh, end on October 2nd. So not only are they starting not in April, but they they're starting in March and they're ending in October. In the yeah. first weekend of the it's the second the second you know they started in versus the Reds and it's you know I guess it's better to build in more days off and stuff than just try to I guess play. I mean, but they're off on like they have the weirdest thing like August twelfth they're off. That is a Friday. They play the Reds in Cincinnati on the eleventh. Oh, that's because they're doing Field of Dreams game. Oh yeah, yeah. But still, they don't need they don't need a full day to travel from BFE Iowa to either Chicago or Cincinnati. Neither place is far enough away that you need a full day travel. Well, and then the dumbest thing is, like, in June, I'm looking at that Orioles series that I know Crawley wants to go to. That's on June 7th and 8th. It's a Tuesday and Wednesday, but it's two freaking games, and they got a day off on Monday and a day off on Thursday. And I think, you know, it's like, what's – what? And then, yeah. they, you know, then, they, then they've got, like – they've got the Yankees, Padres for four, uh, and Braves at home. Then they go to Pittsburgh and St. Louis with no days off. They have from from June 10th through the 26th, 16 straight days. They have baseball games finally finishing against their division rival Cardinals, who I'm sure have days off right before they play the Cubs. You know, like see, and and this is, I mean, I figured it out last year. It's simple with the number of games that they have or whatever. They can just every Monday needs to be a day off. Nobody needs baseball on Monday. Nobody gives a shit, right? You get your your Sunday, your your weekend baseball, Monday, you take a break, and then that works in a day every week 
that you can make up games. So if a weekend game got rained out or whatever, you could make up the game. You know, if you've got to come back, if you've got to get together with two teams on a day that they wouldn't normally play, we know that they all have Mondays off and you can always make that work. Instead of how they do it now, it's like, oh, we got rained out on a Thursday in April. We're going to make that up in September because that's the first time both teams have a day off. Yeah, it's it it's ridiculous how unbalanced it, it is, and it's just how you catch it. And you never know about injuries or when people are going to need a rest. But like, it doesn't make sense to me that they they do it the way they do. And you know, it, last year was actually a, one of the more decent schedules, even with those like stupid two day things. But next year's, uh, I mean, I remember talking about it on the show when they released it, looking at it, and being like, oh. What are they doing? It's ridiculous. But and now it's going to all get screwed up anyway because they probably will start late. Maybe they will play fewer games, and we'll see. Anyway, we should probably. I'm hungry. I would yeah. like to. I'm hungry. I would like to go eat. I've got some uh, steaks to frost that I got for Christmas um, from Nicole's uncle. A uh, little Omaha steak action. Oh, look at that! Yeah, so I defrosted some fillets. And ready to get in, but uh, you know, happy new year, everybody. I'm going to release this as a podcast, so just want to say happy new year. And Artie, thanks. I finally opened that package you sent. Thank you for the Golden Girls. Uh, what do they call those? Go pops. The Funko pops. Yeah. Funko pops. Yeah. And the hobby buyers that'll be in a future uh, giveaway. Um, nice. Hobby buyers Funko pop, and also a Dorothy from the Golden Girls Funko pop, which. Uh, she's holding a bowling ball from the bowling ball episode. Or the bowling <laughs> episode. I was just going to say, I'm like, I don't remember Dorothy being a bowler. No, there was a, they had a team on ah. uh, one of the episodes. But, but uh, anyway, uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, we just did an hour and a half on uh, the Cubs highlights that meandered into the 1990s. I think we talked about the 50s at one more point. <laughs> like, this is how bad this season was. We had to go to other shitty seasons just to uh, have something to talk about. Yeah, it was quite unremarkable <laughs> in most ways. And, and, the, the, like the, and it would, will only ever be associated, you know, in hindsight with negative thoughts, I think. Uh, but we'll always <laughs> have that hobby play. Yeah. We'll always have that. Yeah, that's the only really – that really is the only thing I enjoyed. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well. Well, next year it should be uh, – oh, Wait till next year, Danny. Wait till next year, baby. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming. And uh, we'll be back with, like, I think, a show next Thursday, uh, regular Sun Rancho show. We'll be doing the after show still on Green Room because word is – that uh, the deal uh, that we have with Sports Drink and uh, Green Room is, is still happening, but um, stick to it. We'll we'll do that as long as they're giving us fifty bucks to do it. Yeah, word is they <laughs> love us. Yeah, apparently we're we're the best, and uh, our yeah. seven people listening, two people into the show, our nine people are are just killing it. So thank you very much. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was it was a fun year, at least with people. You know, we had some fun. We did the tailgate at Milwaukee. We had, you know, Bleacher Bum Band played a bunch. We were one of the first bands out there this year. 
playing. I mean, it was just like there was a lot going on, and um, you know, it was uh, it's a, yeah. a wild ride. But at least we had each other. <laughs> yeah, and I did get to Wrigley this year, and I went to Miller Park for the first time this year during that whole thing. So that was good. Um, there are bright spots, definitely, and you know, as, as few as there may have been, you know, those are the ones we need to focus on. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. depends about what you make of it. Yeah, exactly. It always is. You take the good, you take the bad, you take the both, and there you have <laughs> the facts of life. Which, which is going to be our next podcast. Yeah, the facts of life. <laughs> There's a time you've got to grow and show you go and now you know about the facts of life. No. Um, so, well... Yeah, Merry New Year, everybody, and uh, I get think we can. Uh, if you, if you want, you got to end the show because I. Oh yeah, I guess I got to do it. Um, okay, well, hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next year, and uh, Spagog next year. Spagog, Spagog. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 
I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.